Earlier in the programme, I said we'd try and get hold, if we could, uh, of Mick Antoniff, our local uh, Senate member for Pontypridd, and Taf Ely, who has relatives uh, from Ukraine, uh, because he's heavily involved in, in trying to help people over there. He's got a crowdfunder going, uh, which is collecting cash to buy medical supplies. And I'm, I'm pleased to say he's found a moment to join us on the line. So good afternoon, Mick. Good afternoon. You've had a very busy weekend. Uh, your crowdfunder seems to be going well. I have to say to all the people in Pontypridd and in Wales and more broadly, uh, it's fantastic. You know, the background is uh, a doctor uh, in Ukraine uh, said we desperately need equipment for bullet wounds, for open fractures. Uh, $4,000, can you raise it? Uh, well, we're now on uh, £25,000 or thereabouts and rising. Um, what I will be doing, though, uh, is I'll be closing, trying to close the fund tonight because I need to get the money out to the doctors now. There's enough there to go around uh, a number of the civil defence units where they're going to be dealing with war wounds. So, you know, it is an absolutely fantastic response and it shows the support in Wales for the Ukrainian people. Well, it seems to have been worldwide support, really, because even sort of normal allies of, uh, of Russia appear to have stood back, like China, when it came to the UN resolution. And a lot of other countries have actually been very proactive suddenly. Well, you know, the, the world is increasingly united now about recognising that Russia has become a, a rogue, a pariah state, a sort of large version of North Korea. And it is very, very scary, particularly with now the, you know, implying nuclear threats, raising the alert levels and so on. You know, the sanctions that are being put in place now are really important because, you know, what is happening now, and I think the world can see it, is a major war crime. You know, with 24-hour news, people can see what's happening. I've just had messages from uh, parts of eastern Ukraine uh, in the Kharkiv area where there's a lot of fighting going on that the, the Russian government are using cluster bombs. And I've seen the videos now of the cluster bombs being dropped in areas. You know, and cluster bombs don't discriminate against military and civilian targets. So it is very, very scary. And the, uh, the ruthlessness of the Russian forces at the moment is really very worrying. Well, it's impossible to predict what uh, Putin's going to do now because, I mean, the whole thing has been, uh, well, you know, stopped in its tracks, really, by the resolute defence of, of the Ukrainians, which has been amazing to witness, uh, so courageous. And, and I don't think they know what to do next because if they sort of let loose any really serious weapons and flatten the cities, which, of course, they're perfectly capable of doing, that's going to cause uh, even more tension and they're trying now to have peace talks, it seems, on the on the border as well. Well, I'm very sceptical about the peace talks at this stage and particularly where they're located. So I'm not keeping my fingers crossed at the moment. But what is important is the arms from the West that particularly stinger missiles and javelins. Javelins to take out the tank convoys, stinger missiles because... Ukraine only has limited uh, airspace cover, air defense, so they're vulnerable to the cruise missiles, the Grad missiles that are being fired, and also interballistic missiles. Uh, and the Stinger missiles are the only thing that really gives them some ability to control the airspace above them. But I, I was contacted last night. I spent a big chunk of last night uh, and really great help from some of, uh, uh, some of the MPs in Westminster. Uh, a lot of Ukrainians in Britain who live in Britain but who have had military service in the past are going back to Ukraine now to uh, join up the resistance. And they wanted to know where they could access 
protective equipment, bulletproof vests, you know, class, high class uh, bulletproof vests and other forms of uh, protective equipment, helmets and so on. And uh, we were able to assist them in accessing these. I think they've been down to um, where they were all being stored. They managed to locate them and they've cleared out the warehouse and they're heading back to Ukraine now. I have never witnessed such bravery. I mean, I, I knew from my father's generation the bravery of his generation of people who fought, you know, into the 50s for freedom. And uh, seeing uh, seeing this generation now, uh, you know, it bring, it does. It literally brings tears to your eyes. You do want to cry when you, you see it, knowing these people are going off uh, voluntarily, unpaid, uh, and that many of them may die. What, what's the latest information you have from your contacts there? Well, people I'm in contact with, of course, is uh, in uh, there's obviously they're trying to take Kiev and they're trying to take Kharkiv, uh, Mariupol on the Sea of Azov. So obviously there's an enormous amount of fighting that's going on. But I mean, some areas that uh, the Russian forces took at one stage, the Ukrainian forces have taken them back again. And that goes back to the point you raised. It's all very well with your hardware and superiority in terms of equipment taking a place. But you've then got to be able to hold it. Uh, how do you hold it when you have a united population that is now armed uh, and, and that hates you to death now? You know, uh, it's seen that seen the, um, the elderly woman, what they call a babushka, going to the Russian soldiers and putting uh, sunflower seeds in their pockets and telling them to go back that they were fascist occupiers. Um, it's quite symbolic because the sunflower seed is the symbol of Ukraine. And what she's saying when she puts it in their pockets is that when you end up in your grave, at least there will be a sunflower that will grow from the ground. You know, there's a sort of historic sort of um, uh, story about this. So uh, it is, you know, the, the resistance across the whole of Ukraine is is phenomenal, unbelievable, and my heart goes out to them. Well, indeed, I, I think hearts of everyone in the world, you know, it goes out to them. Uh, make it, it's unified people who are not normally unified because it's just so horrific. And as you say, of course, it's all happening on 24-hour television now and on social media. And it must be totally bewildering for the Russian people who... You know, obviously, if they watch their own telly, they're not going to hear any true uh, com comment at all. But a lot of them have got, e got the Internet. And even though I think some of the social media is being muted, there are ways around it. So the population is getting to discover that what they're being told is happening is nothing like what is really happening. And that must be, well, bewildering, really. Well, what's clear is certainly amongst the younger of the population that is less dependent on state media, the controlled uh, state propaganda, is uh, seeing what's happening. And there is a protest movement developing. And, my, you know, the bravery of those uh, young people protesting, knowing that they're going to get arrested and their future careers can be blighted. Um, but they are standing up and seeing that all around different areas. We just hope that that grows and grows because it's really, it's got to, you know, if this war could be brought to an end, it's really dependent on, the, on getting rid of Putin. Those around him uh, who can basically see that he is now actually dragging Russia uh, into, the, into the depth of economic decay and destruction as well. He might be fighting the military war in Ukraine, uh, but there's now an economic war uh, against uh, Russia that will impact. And, you know, this isn't a war against the Russian people. This is a war against someone who has effectively become an autocrat, uh, a dictator, really a political gangster, 
uh, and uh, you know one can only hope that the people around him will increasingly isolate him and eventually remove him from power. Well, that's the only hope, really, isn't it, Mick? Because uh, he's so sort of out of control. Heaven only knows what he might do next, because he's been completely cornered, really, by by the world, and and his own economy can't help but be devastated by the uh, punitive um, sanctions that you know the EU and America everywhere is sort of joined in and and it has been remarkably unified really it is yes i mean and these sanctions are now escalating they uh, they have to say have come in late there's still a lot that needs to be done we still haven't seen any of the oligarchs in london having their assets freezed or their properties um removed but uh, hopefully that will come within time and that that's in, that's important i think what is important now though is there's also going to be a major refugee situation and uh, we need we need a proper relaxation of visa entry for example you know i have i have family in ukraine where three men are are, are armed uh, they want to go off and fight but they want their, the the wives protected you know, they are extended family of mine. You know, yes, I will host them. They can come and live with me till it is safe to return. But to try and get a visa to get them out, you know, we need we need no bureaucracy. I need to be able to apply on my side uh, to be able to say, yes, now you can come over and we will keep you secure until it's safe for you to return. Uh, and uh, and that is a fear people have, is that the, 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 the families end up becoming almost like hostages in what is going to become an increasingly civilian and partisan war so the uk government really needs to act properly it started a little bit of relaxation but it's it's dragging its feet you know and there isn't time for that to happen and the other thing will be of course what we can do to support refugees more generally you know wales has always been a a nation of sanctuary has supported refugees from from afghanistan from syria and from other countries Uh, and uh, there is a humanitarian crisis on our doorstep well, Mick, thank you for explaining it all to us. Um, about your crowdfunder, then, you're hoping to draw a line under that tonight, are you? It'll be operational until midnight tonight. So anybody who wants to make a donation, if they can do it now, because uh, the, otherwise I will be publishing other crowdfunding sites that people can access. But what I desperately need to do is to access the money that people have donated, and we need to get it out there. People can't afford to wait till the end of the you know the three-week period. We need to get that money there now uh, so the doctors can get the equipment they need to start treating the increasing numbers of war wounded. Okay, so it's crowdfunder.co.uk, isn't it? It is. Thank you, everybody, for this being supporting it. It is absolutely uh, astonishing. In fact, my cousin said that, that it was overwhelming to, when he saw how much was being donated. Mick, thank you for sparing the time to talk to us. And please, you know, get back to us if there's anything any of our listeners or any of us can do to help. Okay, thank you for the, the opportunity to speak to you.